Welcome to an audio teaching from Windsor Park Baptist Church in Auckland, New Zealand. If you would like to look at the message notes or see some questions for reflection that take their lead from today's teaching, head to our website, windsorpark.org.nz and head to the online tab where you'll see services and series and you can download different resources from there. Thanks for joining us and we hope you're encouraged by today's teaching. Kia ora e huma. my name is Heather Amy Bevis and I'm the pastor of Integration and Life Groups here at Windsor Park. It's great to be sharing again in our series in Romans and we're beginning in chapter 8. It starts with this fantastic verse, Romans 8, 1-2, Therefore there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, because through Christ Jesus, the law of the Spirit who gives life has set you free from the law of sin and death. I was so pleased to be given this chapter, as it's incredibly significant for me. I grew up with my family going to church, but there was a lot of tears and tension in my family. But in the 80s, God was doing something renewing in the church as the Holy Spirit moved. And my family became part of that. There was now laughter and hugs and joy and purpose. And I could see the love of God and the work of the Holy Spirit profoundly changing those who were closest to me. And that was the start of a deep love of God. But there was also times when you struggle in your journey. And I remember I was 16 and I was in year 12. And as Paul had said in chapter 7 before, I do not understand what I do. For what I want to do, I do not do. Wretched person that I am, who will rescue me from this body that is subject to death? I knew I was loved by God. I knew I was a Christian, but I also knew that I kept on doing what I didn't want to do. I felt the weight of shame of what I thought I should be and what I was. And I'd been thinking about this for months. And I remember walking home from Upper College, looking pretty stunning in my school uniform and my carefully scuffed nomad shoes. And again, these accusing thoughts were going through my mind. You're a useless Christian. Look at what you do. Are you even a Christian? And then, in a moment, I remember this powerful verse in Romans 8.1. And I declared it. I claimed it. I literally said, Push off Satan, therefore there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. You will not condemn me and call me guilty because I am in Christ. I didn't realize it at the time, but I was taking a lie that said I was not good enough, that was challenging my new identity in Christ. Are you even a Christian? Condemnation is, of course, a legal term. That means there's a charge held against you. You owe a debt or a payment. Yet in that moment, the Holy Spirit reminded me of this verse to confront the lie with the truth. In that moment, I went from guilt and shame to hope and assurance. As the verse 2 says, because through Christ Jesus, the law of the Spirit who gives life has set you free. The law of the Spirit here is the Holy Spirit. And when I said yes to Jesus, he paid the debt. I am forgiven. The very Spirit of God came and lived in me and set me free. And that is my new identity. I'm set free from the law of sin and death. See, Romans 8.3 says, For what the law was powerless to do, because it was weakened by the flesh, 
God did by sending his own son in a likeness of sinful flesh to be a sin offering, and so he condemned sin in the flesh. In order that the righteous requirement of the law might be fully met in us, who do not live according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. As we've seen all the way through Romans, the Old Testament law, the Torah, which includes the Ten Commandments, was powerless to make us right with God because it was weakened by our flesh. Now, flesh is one of those words that are kind of satisfying to say, flesh. But in reality, in real life, this word flesh is really difficult for us. Flesh is sarks in the Greek, and sarks sucks. Sarks or flesh means that the sinful tendencies of human beings, in youth work, we would write it like this, S-I-N. I want to be in control. I want to be my own God. I want to live for me and for my pleasure, and I will not surrender my life to God. To live in the flesh is to be hopelessly stuck in the human nature of pride, self-will, the part of your will that is bent against God's rule. The part of you that has a false assumption, I am living from my own self-power. As much as you may try to live up to God's law in the Torah, you can't because the flesh weakens you. But the contrast here is the hope, the freedom. Jesus came just as we are in the flesh and became that sin offering for us. Now let's read this bit again because there is something else stunning here. Romans 8.3, for what the law was powerless to do because it was weakened by the flesh, God did by sending his own son in the likeness of a sinful flesh to be a sin offering. And so he condemned sin in the flesh in order that the righteous requirement of the law might be fully met in us who did not live according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. Now this is a Trinitarian statement. It talks about God, the Son, the Holy Spirit, and it's work together, together they work to break the power of the flesh over us. Paul is really kicking in here. Jesus, who is just like us, did not succumb to the flesh. So he met requirements of the law and fully paid them for us. And now we do not live in the sinful flesh. Remember, the Spirit here is the Holy Spirit, and it's so important. It's mentioned 21 times in this chapter. How do I know there is no condemnation for me? Because I see the Spirit of God at work in me, and I am being transformed. It's the other side of the salvation coin. If you're forgiven, you'll be changed. The two always go hand in hand. Now, Roman 8.5 continues, Those who live according to the flesh have their minds set on what the flesh desires. But those who live in accordance with the Spirit have their minds set on what the Spirit desires. The mind governed by the flesh is death, but the mind governed by the Spirit is life and peace. The mind governed by the flesh is hostile to God. It does not submit to God's law, nor can it do so. Those who are in the realm of the flesh cannot please God. So let's check out the contrast here between the flesh and the spirit. To live by the flesh is to have minds that desire the flesh. But to live by the spirit is to have your mind set on what the spirit desires. To have a mind governed by the flesh is death, as it says in Romans 3.23. But to have a mind governed by the spirit is life and peace. It goes on. 
to list other areas of the flesh. We are hostile to God. It does, our flesh does not submit to God's law because we harden our hearts to God when we continue to live in the flesh. It says in the end, we cannot please God if we live in the flesh. Romans 3.23 says, For the wages of sin is death. You see here, sin takes the wage and it will cost you your life and your eternity. It is not God demanding the wage, but sin. Whatever we invest into, we get back with interest. When we sow to our flesh, we put something in the ground that will yield fruit. And the same with the Spirit. Every time we act to the Spirit, it forms your character, which then forms your actions. The law of returns is part of our character, formed by the Spirit and Christ, or our flesh and the devil. Our character becomes our destiny. To crucify our flesh is a radical decision to grow God's life and peace in us. If we apply it to our spiritual formation, the tip in the spear is a million tiny decisions. Adultery is many small decisions to get there. Negativity, focus on that and you become that until you lose the ability to rejoice. The flesh is the very opposite of God's idea of agape, unconditional love. So Paul's solution to the flesh is the incredible good news we can live by the Spirit. So what does that look like when it is fully worked out in us? Galatians 5.22 The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. What is there not to like? You, however, are not in the realm of the flesh, but in the realm of the Spirit, if indeed the Spirit of God lives in you. And if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, they do not belong to Christ. But if Christ is in you, then even though your body is subject to death because of sin, the Spirit gives life because of righteousness. In verse 11, And if the Spirit of Him who has raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, He who raised Jesus from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies, because of her spirit who lives in you. If you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. How do you put to death the deeds of the body? It says clearly here in verse 11, And if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies because of his spirit who lives in you. You see, the solution for breaking sin's power in us is that God has given us the Holy Spirit who is fighting for us and putting to death the sin in us. Our role is to give him the whole space, trust him, refrain from clinging to things and habits that limit his action in us. But how can we conceive of the Spirit of God living in us? The God who set into motion the complexities of this cell. Look at that. That measurement is in microns, which is one ten thousandth of a centimetre. Incredible. Now look to the vastness of the universe. That God, I am in awe. I am overwhelmed by the privilege of knowing that God and that very Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit, lives in our beings. The Holy Spirit present in our lives produces fruit pleasing to God. But the Spirit does not do this work apart from our response. Paul puts the responsibility squarely on our shoulders. You need to choose to put sin to death. 
But at the same time, he makes it very clear we can only do it through the Holy Spirit. The work of the Spirit is in Galatians 5, 24 to 25. Those who are Christians have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. But if we live in the Spirit, let us also walk with the Spirit. The solution to overcoming our flesh isn't willpower. It doesn't work most of the time. It doesn't work on deep traumas, the causes of addictions and behaviors. The solution to overcoming your flesh is not willpower, but the Spirit. We have access to a power beyond us to open us up to the Spirit of God that is not only out there, but in here to overcome our flesh and win. So what does it mean if we live in the Spirit, we also walk in the Spirit? We see from Romans 8.3, if we live in the Spirit as we say yes to Jesus, who came in the flesh and paid the price for our condemnation. We walk in the Spirit as we live out our faith and set our mind on what the Spirit desires. So we know we're not condemned and we know that the Spirit of God lives in us. But the problem is we live in a world of hurry and distraction, a world that bases itself on the flesh. The busyness, the desires for pleasure, the desire for me to be in control, for me to self-medicate through the things I choose to distract me, to give me some kind of peace. But that is a peace apart from God. And that peace ends. What I need to do is keep on turning my face and my life towards God. I need to keep choosing to press in after God. I need to keep being refilled with the Holy Spirit because I leak. How do I Walk with the Spirit in a way that gives life. It must be something that God is saying to all of us at the moment at Windsor Park because Caleb talked about this in Romans 6. Grant had it in his message in Romans 7, and I'm saying it too. We need to create rhythms in our life, spiritual disciplines that keep you close to the Spirit. St. John of the Cross called spiritual disciplines a trellis, like you use for growing fruit. The lattice of the wood gives structure and support so that the living vine has something to grow up and it bears a lot more fruit. In the same way, spiritual disciplines provide structure to feed our relationship with God and not our flesh. I do need to say here really strongly, a spiritual rhythm in your life does not make God love you more. You can't use it like a tick sheet. Hey, look, I've been good. I've done this. I've done this. I've pleased God. That just becomes the law again, and we're trying to earn our freedom and salvation in God. Spiritual disciplines give us a space to enjoy Jesus, to connect regularly with him, to build a deep relationship with God. But Pete Scazzaro points this out. There are two common temptations that undercut us when we're trying to follow through on developing a rule or rhythms or disciplines in our life. The first is to do nothing to feel paralyzed and think, I could never do this. The second is to do everything to make too many changes all at once and then burn out. Make a rule of life or rhythms that fit to who you are at this phase of your journey. It's important to start small and simple and figure out how much structure you need in light of your personality and this season of life, a little or a lot, and then building it. I've been walking with Jesus a long time, and in the last two years, I've been adding more spiritual rhythms to my life, and it's made my relationship with Jesus deeper, more relational, more loving in my day-to-day life. So I want to give you some spiritual practices that have helped people 
keep on walking in the Spirit. Having a regular rhythm and practice of personal prayer and study with Jesus. Coming to church today is part of your spiritual practices. Being part of a life group, surrounding yourself with others that encourage you. Singing worship changes your brain. Ancient practices like Lectio Divina, the Examine, the Jesus Prayer. Fasting, where I die to my flesh and choose to worship Jesus. Giving money, time and resources to others. Having a Sabbath, resting with God. Serving anywhere in God's world. Or something God's putting on your heart. But with all our busyness and distractions, we need to choose to deny our flesh on one hand and to know the freedom of walking in the Spirit on the other. Our amazing Heavenly Father, creator of the universe, has provided everything we need and more. He sent Jesus. He paid the price. He does not condemn us. His very Spirit lives inside of us. And when I create space and slow down with Him, I connect with Him. And this is for my sake. So we're going to take a moment here and breathe. Our lives are so busy and I know you're already thinking of what you will do when you go from here. But let's make this time with God. I'd like to give you some stillness and the opportunity to ask Jesus, Lord, what are you saying to me? How are you inviting me to walk in your beauty and joy, more connected to you and your spirit? Where do you want me to grow? What are the obstacles that stop me? Where am I saying no, I can't? And how can I say yes? Please open your heart to God in prayer. Lord, we are so grateful that we are no longer condemned. Our identity is in your promise. We are in you. We are free. We ask for your help to walk in your spirit and help us to crucify our flesh. Lord, please reorder our minds. Reorder our time. To have your spirit. To have your mind. Holy Spirit, set us free this morning. We ask in Jesus' name. Thank you for joining our audio teaching today. If there are ways that we can continue to support you or help you in your journey, please reach out to us. Head to our website, windsorpark.org.nz and you'll find various ways to contact us. God bless.